Good morning, Ridge family. Uh, today is the uh, 15th day of our 21 days of prayer. And so we have about one more week left to kind of pray through these 21 days together. And remember, for the 21 days, we're praying for faith for the future. And several times I've, I've mentioned that we believe God is leading us to take some significant steps of faith in 2023. And so what I want to do before we get into our message, and I promise there is a message coming today, but before I get into that message, I want to unpack a little bit more of where I believe God is leading us, because it's important that you know. I stated a few weeks ago that months before we got into the new year, our elders began to meet together just to pray about what God would have us focus on in the new year in 2023. And through that season of prayer, God brought a couple of areas of focus to mind. And I want to share those with you quickly this morning. The first one, the first focus area is facilities and ministry space. I don't know if you know this, but over the last two years, our Ridge Kids ministry and our Ridge Student ministry has grown pretty exponentially. As a matter of fact, over in the Ridge Kids area on Sunday morning and Wednesday evening, which are two primary ministry days, their rooms are pretty much full, about 100% capacity. And at one time, one room got to be 350% capacity. Can you imagine doing ministry in that room? Yeah, those, that's, that's good stuff. The, our, our Rich Kids ministry has actually grown out of the hallway, and I'm pointing over here because that's the hallway. They've grown out of the hallway, and now they've taken over one of our mobile, mobile units in the back part of the property. We have two. Rich Kids has completely commandeered one of them, completely. But th that's good. That's a good problem, right? And so Rich Kids is, is growing. If you've seen any of our baptisms recently, we just see so many children coming to Christ. So God is blessing our Ridge Kids ministry. But also on Wednesday night, our Ridge student ministry meets. That's our middle school and high school students. And right now, they have so many small groups, and that's a, a model that we really believe in, is getting all of our people into small groups so they can know one another. But we have so many small groups in middle school and high school that we're having to put them anywhere and everywhere, including my office on Wednesday night. So I got a group of students meeting in my office. Our executive pastor has a group of students meeting in their office. The waiting room in our office has got a small group. During these winter months where we have to keep our students indoors, we have completely maxed out every available space to put students. Another good problem. Amen? Amen. Amen. One more. Classroom space. You heard uh, from, our, from uh, an announcement from Bill today about a new class that's coming. Well, uh, uh, discipleship is such an important ongoing priority of the Ridge. We always want to provide opportunities for people to grow in their walk through equipping classes, through small group Bible studies, through journey groups. But we also have need for counseling, and we also have need for, for, need for mentoring. And so we're just maxed out on equipping spaces to do those things. I mean, almost weekly, we have requests to use classroom space or small group space, and we're just having to, again and again, having to turn people away. And so we have some really good problems that we need to praise God for. Amen? These are good problems. There could be other problems that we were having to deal with, but these are ours, and we praise God for that. But they are problems that need to be addressed. And so about eight months ago, I commissioned, or we commissioned a property team. And on the screen behind me, you're gonna see a list of those who've been serving on our property team. And here's what they were supposed to do and what they've been doing. The property team has been figuring out the best way to assess our current 
and our future needs for our ministries, what I just talked to you about. And they've been working towards some good options and, and helping us, they advise us in terms of leadership, the best way to, uh, to address these needs. And so the first recommendation from our property team has come forward. And that's why I'm sharing with you uh, this today, okay? Uh, the property team is recommending a qualified architectural design company to come on to our property that works primarily with churches uh, to do their own comprehensive assessment, okay? To help us make the best decisions and the most wise decisions right now in regards to our space, but also to our future needs, okay? So I don't know if you've noticed or not, but it's getting pretty crowded in here on Sunday, right? Our lobby is getting full. Our parking lot can be a mess sometimes. And so we're gonna have this company look at all areas of our property. We believe God gave us this property to use. He gave us this campus. And if you know the story, it's an amazing God story, how we even ended up here. Okay. And we believe that was, that was from God, every bit of it. And we want to be good stewards of what he's given us. And so we're going to have this company come in. They're going to look at all of our property and they're going to help us understand how we can be good stewards of what we've been given and use it in a way that brings edification to the body of Christ and glory to him. The name of the company is BGW or Building God's Way. Okay, and I want to read you their mission statement. BGW's mission is to build God's kingdom by translating the God-given vision of Christian organizations through innovative stewardship-driven design. We believe that God owns this business and we are simply his stewards of it for a season. Our ultimate goal is to ensure that everything we do as a company honors God. And so their mission and our mission is, is aligned, very similar. All we want to do is honor God. And so we've selected BGW to come and help us, as I said, make the best and wisest decisions we can regarding our space challenges that we have now and what could be coming in the future. Okay, And so beginning on February 7th, representatives from BGW will be here to meet with our staff and our elders and ministry leaders and, and whoever they need to talk to to begin really fully assessing our needs. And they're going to be taking a careful look at things like our current spaces. They're going to be looking at our current property and what's available, what can be used, current scheduling, current budget, and current funding, as well as potential for future growth to ensure that if or when we expand our facilities or maybe build new ones in the future, that we're doing what is only in the best interest of the body of Christ and what we're doing that's in the best interest of the vision and mission of this church and for our future. And so I feel really good about these steps of faith that we're taking uh, to, to, to really honor God with what he's given us. And I'm thankful for the diligent work of our property team. And so as far as next steps, what you can expect once this uh, initial assessment is finished in a month or so, BGW will send us their recommendations for, uh, uh, for design, okay, which will most likely include some drawings or concepts that we can kind of look at. And, and these things are going to be designed to meet our current space challenges with our kids and our, our students and our classes, but also future challenges that may be coming down the road. So, so at the end of this, we could really have a full use property plan that'll take us to the next three years, five years, seven years and beyond and trusting that we are being good stewards of everything God has given us, okay? And of course, I'll be coming back to you with updates 
uh, ongoing updates so that you know what, what, what we're doing and that we're moving together, okay? So in the meantime, if you have questions, I know I'm talking really fast, okay? So in, if you have questions about what you've just heard, you could today you can stop by the Welcome Center, see our executive pastor, Matthew. He serves on the property team. I'd be glad to answer any questions for you, but please know you can always contact the church office, meet with me, one of our other pastors, our elders will be glad to sit down with you and tell you what's going on, okay? So that was kind of the, the, the first area of focus that, that came, uh, that kind of rose to the top. We have some real challenges that we need uh, to meet, okay? The second one is one that I'm really excited about. It's really a part of my heart and the heart of this church, and that is our local and global outreach strategy, okay? The, the Ridge has always had a strategy okay, about making an impact for the gospel, both locally in the community that we live and love and also globally for Christ. That means that we're willing to go beyond these walls. I hope you heard that only about 3,000 times, okay, that we go beyond the walls into this community to make Jesus known, that we're willing to go across the street if that's where God calls us or across the world to make sure the gospel moves forward. Our vision for outreach is to equip and mobilize Christ's followers. Who's that? Hmm, you mobilize Christ's followers in order to transform our local communities where we live and to make an impact for Christ through global, global missions, okay? And I wanna show, share with you quickly how we're doing that in 2023, okay? There's two terms I want you to remember when it comes to local outreach. And here's the first one, serve 365, Serve 365. This may be familiar to you. Uh, over the past few years, the Ridge has partnered with a number of several, uh, local like-minded organizations that, that serve the people right here in our community. And here's a list on the, uh, on the screen of all of our community partners. These are organizations that we partner with to work together to ensure that we are meeting the needs throughout our communities, okay? And so through these partners... The reason this is called Serve 365 is because if you wanted to, you could partner with one of these organizations every single day of the year and do some kind of service or help to them to ensure that th their vision and mission is being met. And so service through th 365 now becomes not just something we do, but it's who we are as a church. Okay, and so the Be Generous funding that we uh, that, that you were so good to give at the end of 2022, uh, a good portion of that uh, is going to be going to fund these or help fund these local ministry partners. Remember, Be Generous is local and global, just like our ministry outreach. And so a good portion of that is going to help support our local partners in a great way for you to get involved. And so here's some examples, okay? Maybe you would say, you know, in 2023, I want to come along and pitch in and help out at the Fanning Christian Learning Center with an event that they're sponsoring or a project that they're taking on, or man, they just got some needed repairs and I, I got some skills. I want to help out with that. And so you are serving with one of our partners, or, or maybe you would like to volunteer with First Fruits of Fannin to help provide warm meals and groceries to people who literally don't have enough food in, in our community. Or, or maybe you would like to serve at um, Her Hope Pregnancy Center and just minister to women who find themselves in unplanned pregnancies. Or, or maybe this year you would like to sign up to help with one of the many community events of Good Samaritans of Fannin County who do tremendous work throughout our community. And the list goes on and on and on. So literally, if you wanted to, and I'm not suggesting this, you could serve 365 days with one of our partnering organizations. 
But together, man, we can make a difference in our community. It's all about locking arms with like-minded partners and making an impact in this place that we live and that we love. Okay? And so serve 365. The next term I want you to remember is serve week. Serve week. Okay? Many of you remember a few years ago an event uh, that really became a D- part of the DNA of our church. It was called Service Sunday. If you're not familiar with Service Sunday, literally it was one day a week where we would move beyond these walls, all of us together at the same time, right out the doors, into the parking lot. We would be given projects throughout the community and we would, by teams, we would go and spread throughout these communities and do things like uh, help people build a wheelchair ramp at their home or patch their roof so rain wouldn't come in anymore or put up a wall where one had fallen or clean up their yard or whatever it might be. And so for one day, every year, Service Sunday, we would get out there and make a huge impact in our community. Okay, what we want to do is take that concept and expand it from one day to one week, okay, where we can do the exact same thing throughout our communities. That's going to give us the opportunity uh, to, to be a little more flexible with our schedules. And it also gives us the ability to, to do projects with greater care and quality. And so our outreach team has been really working dig- diligently for months to, to, to work on these, work toward these two events. And you're going to be hearing more about them in the months to come as we get closer closer and closer uh, to, uh, to, to being able to, to launch these uh, in, in great, greater detail. So be looking for that. And so that's our local outreach. And then the last thing here is our global outreach. I know some of you have a heart for the nations. You have a heart to see the gospel go to places uh, where it's not easily accessible and, and, and people uh, can be arrested or can, can be imprisoned for even speaking or preaching the gospel. And that's our heart. We want to see the gospel go throughout the world, especially into places like the 1040 window, where it's very dangerous to speak or preach or even believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so this year, we're expanding our global reach and our support by sending some short-term teams to places like El Salvador and uh, to Dominican Republic, okay? We're also expanding our long-term support to support missionaries in places like India, Ethiopia, and Somalia, okay? Places that we probably can't go ourselves, but we can support those who have given their lives that the gospel may go forward. And so maybe you wanna step into global missions this year. Maybe you wanna be a part of a a short-term team, or maybe you wanna be someone who supports uh, long-term missionaries. If you wanna do that, you gotta go to theridge.cc, click on global Uh, missions. And there you're going to have a lot more information about how you can get involved in our outreach strategy through uh, global missions. And so these are the two primary areas that we believe God has pointed us to, okay? Ministry space and facilities, and then our local and global outreach strategy. And these are the things that we want to saturate with prayer, okay? If you have your 21-day prayer guide, you know that these are the things that the prayer points that we have listed. Unity, More than anything, we need unity around what God is calling us to do, okay? We can't be scattered and going in different directions. We have to know where God is calling us and then united we move forward. And we're gonna talk about that in our sermon, which really is coming, I promise. Okay, so we're praying for wisdom, unity and then wisdom. Wisdom comes from God. All we have to do is ask for it and he will pour out his blessing of wisdom. We're praying for his provisions, that he will give us exactly what we need right when we need it. And that we will have his favor, that he will be with us through this entire process and every step and that everything done and said will bring honor and glory to him. 
And so that is what we're focusing on. That's not the only thing we're focusing on, but these are the things that God says, has said to us that we need to be stewards of this year to really focus on and to draw into. And so we're gonna do that together. And so on this 15th day of our 21 days of prayer, I wanna ask that you would bow your heads and hearts and let's pray over these things. Dear Heavenly Father, Father, you have clearly spoken to us, to our leadership, about where you would have our church go in this next year, the direction that we would move. And Father, we don't have all the steps. Father, we don't know, we, we, we don't know hardly any of these steps. We, we don't know the end product. We can't look ahead and see what things are gonna look like in six months, in a year, in, in, in two years, in five years. But Father, you can. You see the end from the beginning. You know every single step. You've already ordered our steps. And so, Father, in faith, we just pray that you would help us to take the next step. And, Father, we know you're going to make sure that our foot lands firmly where you want it. And then, Father, give us faith for the next and the next and the next step. Father, we know that, Father, we make plans, but then we commit those plans to you, and you bring the success. You bring the timing. Father, you bring the provision. You bring the wisdom. And so we fully trust in, in your timing and in your wisdom and Father, we, um, we thank you that you've called us into your mission in this world and that we have a place. And, and that place is through serving others and equipping others, Father, for the work of ministry. And so, Father, as we continue to work, I pray that you would bless our property team. Father, give them supernatural wisdom and guidance every step of the way. Father, I pray for this company, BGW, that's coming in. Father, that there would be a beautiful relationship and clarity of vision and purpose and mission. And that, Father, you would just use that to bring about your perfect plan of stewardship, Father, so that we can use well what you've blessed us with. And Father, I pray that we do this together. Father, I pray that you would unite us together around your plan, your purpose, your calling, and that, Father, that you would be glorified, that, Father, more and more people would come to know your son, Jesus Christ, as Lord and Savior, that his name would be lifted up in all that we do so that he may draw people to him. And, Father, we give you the praise, honor, and, yes, the glory forever and ever. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Thank you for hanging in there with me. If you have your Bibles, please, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, find verse 5. And once you have Hebrews 11, 5, turn all the way back to the very beginning of your Bible, Genesis chapter 5, verse 21. So Hebrews 11, 5 and Genesis 5, 21. So this is the fourth week of this series called Faith for the Future, okay? And we've been walking through some verses in Hebrews 11 to really understand two things, what faith is and what faith is does. Hebrews 11 is called the, the hall of faith because it actually highlights a number of Old Testament heroes who were devoted to walk in faith. And in this series, we're focusing on three. We, last week, we talked about Abel. And this week, today, we're talking about Enoch. And then we'll wrap up this series next week by talking about the obedience of Noah. But today is Enoch. And the story of Enoch is really one of the most interesting and unique stories in the Old Testament, even though it's, there's not much information given. Enoch is one of only two people in the entire Bible who never died. The other person is Elijah, but Enoch never experienced death. And there's an important reason behind that miracle. Look, at, look with me, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5. By faith... 
Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. So as far as Hebrews chapter 11, these are the only two facts that we know. One, Enoch did not see death because God took him. The second thing we know is because he, he, or that he was a man who pleased God, okay? Now, the first place that we receive any information about this man named Enoch is actually in Genesis chapter five. And you can go ahead and turn there, Genesis chapter five. Surprisingly, not much more is said here in Genesis chapter five. Really, as a matter of fact, there's more written about Enoch or connected to him in the New Testament than the Old Testament. But here, uh, in about 50 words in Genesis chapter five, we read again more information about Enoch. And so I'll read that verse 21. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the day of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. And so, so both of these passages, one in Hebrews, one in Genesis, highlights this fact that Enoch did not see death. In addition to that, the writer of Hebrews says that Enoch pleased God. That's important. He pleased God. Genesis 5 tells us twice how he pleased God. It says the way that Enoch pleased God was by walking with God. Okay? Enoch didn't part a great sea. He didn't heal someone who was sick. He didn't cause someone to rise from the dead, and he didn't lead a great army. His entire life was summed up in four words. He walked with God. But is there really anything better that could be said about someone? Unless Jesus Christ comes back first, there's coming a day when you and I will leave this earth and perhaps there will be someone who will stand over you and share some words about your life. What will they say? She was a great mom. He was a great dad. She was a great teacher. He was a great leader. She influenced so many people. He, he did so many wonderful things. Those, those are great statements to have shared over our life. But is there truly anything better than someone saying, he walked with God all of his days. She walked with God all of her days. What does that mean? What does it mean to walk with God? I want to start with a quote from G. Campbell Morgan. It said this, walking with God means that we're going in the same direction as God. Going in the same direction as God. For, for 300 plus years, Enoch walked in the same direction as God. Notice it didn't say God was walking in Enoch's direction. It says that Enoch was walking in God's direction. If we're going to walk with God, that means we have to go God's way. Okay, that means we have to be going where God is going and we have to be a part of what God is leading us to do. 
You know, it's, it's, it's about impossible to walk with someone if you're going in different directions, right? I remember when our kids were little, Amber and I would take all three of them to the park for a walk, yeah, right, to burn up some of that energy, right? She would have a, a couple by the hand, I'd have one by the hand, and we would start walking on the same path, but all of a sudden, the ones whose hand I was holding wanted to go see the ducks in the pond, and they start pulling me that way. And these over here wanted to go pet that dog, right? And so they're pulling Amber in this direction, and all of a sudden, we're no longer walking together. We're being pulled in different directions. Sometimes in our walk with God, that can happen to us. That maybe our, our selfish desires start pulling us in a different direction. In some cases, our sin pulls us in a different direction. Sometimes we just want to go somewhere else. We want to go this way, but it seems like God keeps pulling us this way. We have a different destination in mind. And so we're going in a different direction direction. We cannot walk with someone if we're going in different directions. And so if you're taking notes, write this down. If we walk with God, we can't hold hands with the world, our sin, or our own desires, because those things will pull us in a different direction than God. Our sin pulls us in a direction. Our worldly desires pull us in a direction. Things like our pride will pull us in a different direction. As followers of Christ, there's really only one way we can walk. The Bible refers to that as walking in the light. Look with me at 1 John 1, 7. It says, but if we walk in the light as he, that's Jesus, is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. To walk with God means we have to know God. To know God means we have to have a relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ. If we don't know God, we will not walk with God. We will not walk according to his truth and we will not walk in the light. And so that's where walking with God begins, a relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ. And then as we know him, we can also know his word. And as we know his word, we can know his desire for our life and we can walk with him in the light. But if we don't know him or we choose to walk our own path without him, the Bible has a term for that. It's called walking in darkness. Listen to John 8, 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. That makes sense. If we walk with Christ, we're walking in the light. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So when we walk in our own direction or a different direction, we're not following Christ. We're not following his truth. We're not walking in the light at that point. We're, we're taking our own path, our own direction. We're heading in our own destination and we're no longer walking in the light. The word says, Enoch for 300 plus years walked with God faithfully. He went in the same direction as God was going. And look, I, I hope if you heard anything a few moments ago, when I was talking about our two areas of focus in 2023, I, I hope that you heard that really our true priority is simply to walk with God, 
to, to, to go wherever he is leading us now and in the future. So that when we end up at a destination, that we end up at the destination that he has in mind for us. We want to be a church that walks hand in hand with God all of our days. We don't want to get in front of him. We don't want to be pulled to the right or to the left in a different direction. We just want to walk right with him. And here's the reason why, if you're taking notes, when we walk with God, we always reach the right destination. The right destination. May not be the place that I wanted to go originally. May not be some plan that I had in mind. May not be the exact pathway that I had in mind. But when we submit and walk with God and commit to him, we will always end up exactly where he wants us to be. And that certainly played out in Enoch's story. God allowed Enoch to skip death. Let's look at verse five again. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. Now, the King James Version has an interesting word. It's the word translated. It says, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. That word translated is actually a musical term in this context. It means to transpose from a lower key to a higher key. In other words, one day God translated or transposed Enoch from the low key of this world to the high key of another world. You see, Enoch reached his destination. The scripture says he was not found because God had taken him that where he was, Enoch might be also. Imagine Enoch and God taking a long walk together. And one day it's as if God said, Enoch, you know what? We're just closer to my house than yours. Won't you just come on home with me? That's beautiful. Enoch is a picturing, a foreshadowing of what will happen to every believer in Christ who's still alive on this earth when Jesus returns to gather his church. In that moment, all believers will be translated from the low key of this world to the high key of the world yet to come, eternity with Jesus Christ. That's why it's so important that each of us, individually, but also all of us as the body of Christ are walking with God in faith. Because when we walk with God, just as Enoch did, it says we please God but there's something so important that we can't miss. And this is where we close in Hebrews 11, verse six. And without faith, without walking with God, without holding his hand, without staying in step with the spirit, without walking in light, it's impossible to please him. Not difficult, not, not challenging, it's impossible to please God without faith. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Today, if you wanna please God, and if we want to please God as the body of Christ, that means we must know God. We must trust God. And if we trust God, that means we must not be afraid to forsake this world. We must not be afraid to forsake our sin. 
We must not be afraid to forsake things like our own pride in order that we might take our heavenly father by the hand like a child takes the hand of of his or her father and go wherever he leads. That's what it means to walk by faith, to please God. And there's something beautiful in this scripture that we could overlook if we're not careful. There's a reward that's mentioned here. And it would be easy to to read that and say, if I follow God, if I stay faithful, my, my reward will be that thing that I've always longed for. That, that physical thing that I've always wanted to, to have and to enjoy. Well, we can think that that reward is a bigger house, more money, a, a better car, a marriage, whatever. But what we must understand is when we seek God as a child seeks its father, the reward is God Himself, His presence. His power, His love, His grace, His mercy. You see, that's a a destination that we are so desperate to arrive at, the presence of our Heavenly Father. And that happens when we walk with Him When we walk in the light, we forsake our own selfish direction or or sin or whatever it might be. Wherever he leads, that's where we go. For 300 plus years, Enoch pleased God. He was a man who walked with God and a man who pleased God. I pray that for you, every man, woman, boy and girl in in this room and watching online, that your heart's desire would truly be to walk with God, to please him by walking with him, knowing that your reward in full will be him in this life and also when we stand before him in glory. And so that's what we're doing as a church. We're just trying to walk with him. We've got some big challenges ahead of us. We got some big steps ahead of us. And I would be a fool if I told you I know exactly what those steps are. But I know my God has ordered the steps of this church already. And if we are faithful to walk with him day by day, he'll give us the next step and then the next and the next. And he will never fail. And we will end up exactly where he wants us to be. Amen. Amen. And so church... Once again, on this 15th day of the 21 days of prayer, I want to ask you to stand. I want to pray over this path that we're taking together individually and also as a church. Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, Father, we believe you have a future for us as individuals and you have a future for this church. Father, we want nothing more than, Father, to end up exactly where you want us to be. But Father, in the meantime, help us to have faith, the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not yet seen. Oh, Father, help us to take your hand like a child takes the hand of his father, 
Help us to walk in the light of Jesus Christ, walk in the obedience of your word, to walk in truth, to walk in purity. Father, give us the faith to know that wherever we end up, that it'll be the right destination. It'll be the right place, the right time. Father, for you've ordained it all. You've already ordered it all. And Father, we're so thankful for passages that tell us about a reward that we receive through our obedience and through your goodness. Father, may we experience that in its full, your presence, your peace, your grace, your mercy, your goodness, your love that never fails. And may we experience that every day, every step. Father, until we stand right before you in your glory and in your presence. Father, thank you for the blessings over this church. They're evident every day. Father, thank you for those who are a part of this body, who call this place their home. Father, I pray that you would show us each the steps, the pathway that we're to take. Father, to bless you, to strengthen your kingdom, and to lift up the name of Jesus Christ. Because when we do, we have the promise that he'll draw all men to himself. So thank you, Father, for what you've done. Thank you for what you're doing. And Father, we stand now with a faith for the future and give you the glory. In Jesus Christ's name, amen.